You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. Boys, I can't believe this. We're going to be joined by the one, the only Logan Bradley. He still works here. He's still part of the crew. I know Brendan gets to see him on a regular basis, but Jack, I don't know about you. I haven't seen that dude in forever. If you want to find Logan on Twitter, you can find him at Bear Down Bradley. Jack Wright, he's here with us. You can find him at Bear Down Jack. That assistant editor of Bears Wire, the one, the only Brendan Chagru. You can find him at Brendan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Unfortunately, Patrick Sheldon will not be joining us tonight. He got a flat tire, boys. Like, what a what a crazy turn of events it is. We get a Logan but we lose a Sheldon. I thought we were going to have a full house. I thought we were going to have all of us, but unfortunately it's not to be. The universe just can't let us have nice things. Apparently. I I mean, aside from the bears, just beating the pants off the Patriots, but in terms of our co-hosts, it's just, we, we can't have nice things. Okay. Serious question, boys, for both of you. When have you had this much fun watching a bears game? When was the last time you had this much fun? Thursday night football, 2019 bears versus Cowboys at soldier field. It was the, probably the second best, arguably the best performance for Mitchell Trubisky when they destroyed the, the Cowboys on prime time. And we thought we might be able to go to the playoffs, but that was a really, that was a really fun game that kind of had a playoff type atmosphere, but that's almost been three years. That was three years ago, but that's for me. J-Dubs. It's been so long, I don't remember. I was going to say second half 49ers game last year just because, you know, there was a flash there from Fields. But I mean, I can't think of a time in which there was a complete game, uh, some level of like ease on the offensive side of the ball. I, I just, I can't honestly remember. What about you, Ryan? I, the one that came to mind quickly was the Tampa Bay game of 2018 where Mitch threw six tutties, partially because. I have not had a great record at Soldier Field, and I was kind of going into it a little bit Debbie Downer, like, oh, the Bears are going to lose. And then watching him throw six tutties, it was fun and it was exciting. But I don't know, man, like this, this was like, especially because we all like, we were certain that they were going to lose. They were going to lose in big fashion. Bill Belichick, all of that stuff. You know, Bailey Zappi comes in. You're like, oh, man, here we go. Here's about to happen. And then this team just was like, no, we're going to score touchdowns. We're going to shut you guys down. And Bailey Zappi is going to end up throwing in the second half two interceptions and a fumble. What do I do with my hands right now? Like, I don't like, what do I, what do I, what do I do with them? That's just crazy across all fronts. I mean, we saw an impressive display of offensive football that we haven't seen and just 
the Bears would not let go of the ball. The time of possession was unbelievable. And then, of course, the defense stepping up to play. I mean, four turnovers, <laughs> interceptions off, off two different quarterbacks. Like, every single phase performed phenomenally. It, it was a beatdown across the entire football game. Like, there was very few warts that you can pick at. And uh, of the Patriots, of all things, of all teams, of all places in Foxborough where Bill Belichick has destroyed young quarterbacks. Like, none of it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I think Logan said yesterday, we're living in the upside down. We might actually be there. Listeners, do you know somebody that likes to pamper themselves? I know somebody who likes to pamper themselves. Me. I like to be pampered. So I go to Sheridan's Barbershop. It's located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. It's been serving the community for 68 years with seven barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Plenty of time for you to get in there and get your lovely locks cut. They've got appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com on the interwebs, or you can pick up your celly and call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Brendan? Hi, Ryan. I think I would like for you to break down the game now. Let's hear it, baby. All right, let's do it. Week seven concluded with the Bears traveling to New England to play some Patriot games. But it was the Bears who wound up getting revenge after years of torture. The Patriots played some of their hits early on with Return of the Mac Jones, that is. But after a couple rough series, many were asking, Mike Jones, who? As the Bears clearly had his number when Jaquan Brisker, I, I barely know her, wound up with the rare dick kick and pick. The Bears had jumped out to a 10-0 lead thanks to Justin Fields, who was smooth as Chuck Mangione. Justin Fields, he is so good running the ball on third down on the ground. But then the Patriots told Jones to take a seat because this ship was now under the command of Bailey Zap Brannigan, who promptly scored two touchdowns to give the Patriots the 14-10 lead. That was all the Patriots could muster, though, as Zappy said, we need rest. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is spongy and bruised. The Bears took the game over from there, as Fields and Matt Eberflus made Bill Belichick himself and wreck himself in a blowout. The Bears then scored two more touchdowns from their dynamic running backs, and the game was put on ice when Kyler Jeff Gordon raced past defenders with his first interception. Bears 33, Patriots 14. Brendan for the win. Bears for the win. Boys. Okay, let's let's hop let's hop into it. There's so much to talk about with the game. Let's hear overall thoughts. Uh just kind of just big picture stuff before we get to the outhouse and the penthouse. Just how you saw the game, your thoughts as you're watching it, any of that stuff. Let's go, Jack, Brendan, and I will finish it up. My thoughts before the game you touched upon earlier. I thought the Bears had no chance. I thought one of the upsides of this game would be that Belichick would reveal our most severe flaws so that we could watch the tape and figure out how to shore up some of those flaws. Uh, he, I just see him as being brilliant. I see him as being almost impossible to beat uh, at Gillette. And it, it still is a little bit surreal that the Bears played as good as they did in all facets facets of the game. The only other thing I would I would say is just 
Justin Fields is a freak athlete. I mean, I just, some of the instances of him running for first downs and evading defenders were next level athleticism. Amazing. Jack, just to that point really quick. I've always known he was a good athlete, but I think that it was more on display last night than it has been in any other game. And it just, in a shirt a couple times, you just go, how, how did he do that? It's just incredible. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I didn't think the bears were going to win. I picked them with, I picked the Patriots with my 16 in my confidence pool. I was that confident. And I essentially was daring the universe to pick a side because the bears have been bad. I've been bad. The universe picked a side and I'm still bad, but that's okay because that means the bears <laughs> resulted in good things there. But I mean, everything Jack said, like this was, this was so weird. Bill Belichick just feasts on young quarterbacks, especially in Gillette stadium. I think Kevin Fishbane was the one who had the stat that said uh, rookie quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks and second year quarterbacks are three and 42 in what? Foxborough against the Patriots and Bill Belichick. That is now four and 42. That's right. Like the odds were so stacked against this team. And I know the Patriots, they got off to a rough start, but they actually hit their stride. And I said this in the pregame uh, with Logan, they hit their stride with both quarterbacks. They were really doing well efficiently with Jones. And then they did well with Zappi. So you kind of had a feeling like no matter who was going to play quarterback, things were going to be just fine. But I mean, We'll talk about this later, but God, you got to give all the credit in the world to Matt Eberflus, Alan Williams, and Luke Getze all around actually doing something with extended days off. And when he said, and I'm talking about Eberflus, when he said, I'm going to look at the entire team and make changes, he actually did that. This was an offense that catered to the quarterback's special abilities. And sometimes maybe it wasn't pretty with some of those, you know, designed runs or just bails out, bailing out of the pocket to create space. But damn it, it worked. Like, and they had no, they had no way to stop it because Fields was that special. And I'll last thing I'll say, I talked about the time of possession. I don't know if you guys looked it up, but the Bears held the ball yesterday for over 37 minutes. That's insane. Like how, when have we ever had an offense that can actually sustain drives like that and convert third downs, like just continuously. I, I was so impressed across the board. When have we ever had an offense? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, 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 I know I'm trying to like somewhat make a joke, but am I really like they, they, they barely scored seven points in the game against Washington. I will say this, Brendan, and kind of to your point, and I wish that Shells was here because I know he's been high on Eberflus. This was by far like his best game coaching. And I agree with all the things that you said. It was it was the anti-Nagy. He had a lot of time to prepare. They did something really, really well. It, it makes it even better where the fact is they were really, really, really bad on Thursday night against the commanders. It was bad coaching. It was a uh, bad plant. Like just, it was bad all across the board. And to see a team bounce back, which is, you know, we've always said it. Well, we haven't always said it, but we've said a lot this, this, this season is it's not going to be linear. They're going to have a couple stinkers left in this season, but this was just fun. And I threw all that stuff out and I was just like, I'm enjoying watching football. More importantly, I was having fun watching Chicago bears football and that just doesn't happen super often. 
a great point that you made in there, I think, really off this euphoria, is that it, it, there's it's still going to be super rocky. It, it's going to be. I mean, you just watch Fields make you know, some sort of like a ridiculous play. To, he, he fumbles and then picks it up and gets a first down, you know, and then the, the next play, he can't seem to throw the ball out of bounds. I mean, and so we're, we're still going to see that the roster still is not very good. The team is still very young. Fields is still learning. I wanted to ask you guys, do you, do you think that Belichick was punking us in his pre pregame assessment of the bears or is with the long extended hug at the end of the game between Fluce and bill, is this real recognizing real? Is he giving us props or I don't know. I think in a sense he is. And it's kind of one of those, I am giving you props because I do recognize that there are some special players on your team that guys that, that couldn't do some great things. And you've seen that production this year, but it's also just, he's explaining everything in his way. Like, Hey, I'm preparing for this as well. Like I know Justin Fields is a special athlete. I know he can use his legs, but clearly he didn't know all of that because Luke gets, able to put him in positions that they were able to take out some of his best defenders. And to your second question about like the embrace with Eberflus, I think there's some respect there for sure. Like he, you know, he came up from multiple systems. He's a defensive guy as well. So I'm sure he, and you know what? I'm, it's it's a big topic on Twitter on Tuesday. I kind of wish that the Bears ran up the score, but I'm sure he was probably like, you know what? I respect that. Like something along those lines, like, give, you know, giving mutual respect. So yeah, so he's not, he wasn't clowning, but he was also just better explaining kind of how he and the team are going to prepare for them. I'm with you, by the way. I wish they would have scored. I just think it's like, like a new chapter, a new era. Go for the juggler. I know Bill Belichick would have scored. I think probably KC would have scored. I think most most of the upper echelon teams would have scored. And the sidelines, the opposing sidelines, wouldn't have saw it in any way, shape, or form as being disrespectful, in my opinion. I'll I'll, I'll bow to your your expertise, Jack. I mean, you've you've coached football uh for a long time. And honestly, I, I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was respectful. I thought it was, it was neat to see like, Hey, yeah, we, we have your foot. Like we have your, our foot on your jugular and we're not going to like, we're just, just, so you know, like you've been beaten on every facet of the game. And I think when Bill said that, he said, we were out coached, we were outplayed and, you know, in every single aspect. And I, I, it's true. It's absolutely true. All right, boys, it is time for the outhouse and the penthouse. The Outhouse and the Penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Are you thinking about buying or selling a home? Are you thinking about looking at Zillow tonight to see what those listings are saying? Apparently, boys, the market has leveled just a little bit. It is time to start looking again. There's only one person you should be talking to. That's Jeff Cadwallader from At Properties. He is the man. He is the best. He's making it happen for his buyers. So folks, if you're thinking about it, Give him a call, give him a text, 630-254-4734, or visit GenevaJeff.com to learn more. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. All right, boys, it is time to go outhouse penthouse, but we got to start in the penthouse because the Bears won a game. Convincingly, I'm still kind of in shock of all of that. So for this, for penthouse, let's go Brendan, Jack, me and then we'll get let logan get in here so uh logan will finish it up 
Man, I'd love to expand the penthouse because I think there's there's a lot of people and a lot of things that that deserve to be in there. But I will start off by giving Luke Getze honors in the penthouse. I mean, we talked about the coaching staff being able to make adjustments, but I think there was no one better than Luke Getze himself. He called a phenomenal game. He leaned on the ground game. And not only that, he leaned on his quarterback special ability with designed runs and moving him out of outside of the pocket, creating space. And we even saw Justin Fields get better at that too, when he was actually rolling out instead of looking to run, he was waiting for guys to get open. You saw Cole commit on a deep out. You saw, I, I can't, can't remember the other receivers. I think Equinemius St. Brown did one, but you just saw guys get open and there, it was so much more dynamic. And even when, you know, things definitely, you know, kind of swallowed up, like they were able to make adjustments. I think the the Bears offense kind of turtled a little bit after they're in their uh, third drive. They made adjustments again, relied on the dual back system of Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery. I mean, we we said it, Justin Fields still has some limitations with passing the ball. And so they took that away and just really relied on that ground game. And I, I just love what Luke Getzey's done. Progression. It's not linear, but we saw a ton of progress this week, and I think he's he is a huge part of that. Just really quick, Jack, before you go, I just want to just echo just uh, the way in which they adjusted the offense was it was so obvious, and it just was fun to watch. Yeah, Luke Etsy, I love that one, Brendan. Yeah, I mean, it was a great call. The flow was excellent. The scheming was excellent. There was a rhythm. Designed runs for your quarterback that just absolutely shocked the defenders. I mean, I, I would, if you hadn't chosen him, I think I would have, like, we all would have selected him, I think. And I think there are some others to go to. And, and I mean, it really is a grab bag here. And, but I just don't know if I can resist these stats from Roquan. I mean, he's just like really, truly all over the board 12 tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, one pass deflection, one quarterback hit, and one interception. That, I mean, that that's a stat line you're not going to see. That's a unicorn of a stat line in my opinion and i know that he's been highly controversial but i just don't think there's any way to deny that that was an excellent game by our linebacker roquan smith jack real quickly it is a unicorn stat i don't know if you were being serious about that but it i think they said it's never been done before so, so that was quite a great literally call. quite literally it's never that stat line has never happened Yes, but in terms of like the tackle for loss, an interception, a pass deflection, a sack, all of that. Yeah, you nailed it. That's freaking awesome. He's hot, then he's cold. He's yes, then he's no. Which Roquan are we going to get from week to week? I know that was cheesy. That was corny. I don't care. But literally that song has been stuck in my head because that is him. Like one week he is this, right? He is the unicorn stats. And then other weeks, like he can't buy a tackle. So like, what are we getting with Roquan here, boys? I think we just found out Dangle's a Katy Perry stand, and I love it. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Yeah. In some I, ways, I am also a Katy Perry fan. Well, here's the thing. Logan Bradley just showed up, boys. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip the spot. I'm going to give him uh opportunity to hop into the penthouse before he does. Logan, I, I feel like I straight up have not seen your face in a month and a half, man, it's been like I hear a you, long time. I hear you in the pregame pods, and I miss you, dude. How are you? I miss you guys too. It's, I mean, I I have the pleasure of speaking with Brandon Chagru most weeks, but just seeing your guys' faces, hearing your voices, doing good, doing good. It's good to be back on here. It feels right. 
So, so far we've got Roquan and we've got Luke Getze. So Logan, who are you putting in the penthouse, buddy? I am not putting a person in the penthouse. I'm putting a situation in the penthouse and that's just third downs. The Chicago bears converted 11 of 18 third downs last night. And that's just, there's many things that you can say about the bears as a franchise. And one of those things is that for some reason, I have no number to back this up. I just feel like, God, we can never convert third downs. And if if there's a single stat that you want to be successful in, it's probably converting third downs. So that that in itself, I think, is a credit to a lot of different people. I think it's a credit to Luke Getze, which it sounds like you've already touched on him. But I just I there was one specific third down, I believe it was. I can't recall exactly where it was in the game, but just that designed run to the left for Justin Fields, right? Like snap the ball to Justin Fields. Don't mess around. It was like maybe a third and five, third and six. Got a nice, easy first down, kept that drive going. It was just very refreshing to see success on the most important down in football. Logan, I I literally was going to just talk about that play, that specific play. Because you're looking at it going, this is going to be David Montgomery up the gut or maybe some pass off to the right play action. And instead, it was a sprint to the left side of the field and it was a first down. And I just I was sitting there. I was so happy. Yeah, it was just the definition of just using the resources that you have and and using them correctly and using and not trying to do too much, which I think sometimes you can do too little. You can do too much. That was just you hand it to to Getsy the Bears. That was perfect. Well, so I'm going to take kind of a combination of a lot of things that have been talked about for for my penthouse. So I'm kind of saying Justin Fields, but but I'm I'm talking Justin Fields. I I don't think at least this season is going to be that pocket passer with 300 yards passing and three tutties. I just don't see that happening. But if we continually see Justin throwing for 179 yards, a touchdown, and also rushing for 82 yards and a touchdown, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I care as much. Like, yes, I want him to develop as a passer, and we'll get into that whole thing later. But but he was he was the he was the best player on the field, maybe for both teams. And it was real obvious and it was really, really fun to watch him do that. I'm really glad you said that because I was thinking of that last night, actually. We can look at a box score, and if you look at Justin Fields' passing numbers, they're not impressive. You know, he you just read off the stat line. He had a touchdown. He had an interception. But when you look at the total package, he is and he can be an elite player with just the dynamic skills that he possesses. And really, in the maybe not now, but definitely in the future, when you're talking about what matters most – you want solid time of possession. You want just total yards, no matter what. And you want offensive points. That's what we got all of yesterday. 33 offensive points. None of those came from defense. None of those came from returns or anything like that. So, and that was all primarily because of Justin Fields creating those opportunities. So uh, yeah, it's not going to pop off in the stat sheet, but you're totally right. Like just watching him play, you can tell he's a difference maker. You look at those stats as a football fan and especially as a a fan of a team that hasn't had many good quarterbacks and you're like, man, we, I need to see 300. I need to see that magic number. But for me, 
and I'm sure a lot of other people, I don't think that you need to see that type of number, nor will you maybe see that type of number a lot from Justin Fields, because for him to be the quarterback that he can be, which was last night, I think that you look a lot of look at the box score and the game logs of Lamar Jackson over his career. You're seeing a lot of days where he threw for 170, 180, 200 yards even, but then he rushes for 80 yards or whatever. And, you know, am I saying that, Justin Fields says the ceiling of Lamar Jackson, that could be debated. I'm just saying that for him to be a successful quarterback, his box score most of the time is going to look a lot different than your pure pocket passer. So I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that number. Last night was the first night where I would say like, you know, we used to talk about Lamar Jackson and, and they like, you got to, you got to pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know that you pump the brakes on a game like that. Now, for the whole season, he hasn't been as good as he was last night. Justin Fields is a super special Monday Night Football. You know, I can't believe we haven't talked about the almost no-look sidearm pass to Khalil Herbert. That that shit was special. I think, Logan, I think you tweeted it out that that was some Patrick Mahomes shit. And I, it's hard to argue, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was cool. They they talked. I, it's, I was reading an athletic article this morning. And that sounds like something that they were talking with Janoko, who is the quarterback's coach. He, they were talking about that after the Washington game, which was changing fields, arm angles in certain situations, exactly like that to be able to fit, you know, fit it into a tight window and be able to find that receiver you need to find. And there was no more perfect scenario than Justin Fields doing that last night. And it's, it's just cool to see him doing that because I'm sure that's not something that in the moment he thought through in his head, but he he's, he's got those reps under his belt. He's obviously starting to feel more comfortable to be able to do something so impressive like that. I mean, I can't even explain, I, I have no idea how hard that is, but I have to imagine that's really difficult with two guys literally sandwiching you who are both like 300 pounds. Boys, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The outhouse is going to be really difficult today. And uh, the order that I choose is going to make things really, really tough for the last two people, especially. Brendan, I think you and I can handle this. I think we've got the, the, the last two spots. I believe in us. For this one, we're going to go Jack, Logan, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Who is in your outhouse, boys? I would say only just a brief moment in time for Flus. I have a bit of a complaint with the clock management at the end of the second half. I was I was disappointed that we didn't get a shot into the end zone. It's been a bit of a reoccurring flaw with Flus, uh, using timeouts, working the field, uh, taking opportunities like that at the end of the half to build momentum going into the half, especially since we're so good at halftime and second half adjustments. So yeah, not, not a huge deal because there's way more uh, on Fluce's, you know, plus plate when it comes to this game for sure. But that was, that was a bit shaky at the end of the first half. I'm going to go with somebody not really based off of their actual performance, but more so usage and, after the Washington game, similar to a lot, a lot of Bears fans, I wanted to fire Velas Jones into the sun and never see him take another snap for the Bears again. That being said, obviously, he that's not going to happen. He's on our football team. I want to see him do well. But he only played 13 snaps last night, and the offense was humming and, and going very well. So 
you'd like to see your top offensive draft pick play more than 13 snaps. Obviously, I'm not going to complain about the offensive output. It was amazing. And if that's what it takes him not playing that many snaps, that's great. But for investing a third round pick into Velas Jones and him only playing 13 snaps is, a, you know, nitpicking, but concerning for sure. Well, Velas Jones is my easy answer. Ah, so I'm going to, I, I knew one of you guys was going to take it. And I'm glad Jack, you mentioned that first la- first half issue because I had the same thoughts. I'm like, what are we doing? We wasted so many time, so much time. And that fumble that we got back was a gift, but I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit and I'm just going to put general, I hate you doing this. I really do, but I'm just going to put general media members, maybe uh, somebody who is at uh, the 670, the score place. I don't know. I'm just saying, but there's been a ton of conversations about Justin Fields and his ability of, I guess, communicating or, watching film on the sidelines and that became a topic of discussion over the week and i can't believe we got there because i had to clearly i needed to make sure i grabbed video evidence of justin fields looking at a freaking tablet i think it was dustin rhodes on on 670 at one point who said justin fields and maybe he wasn't maybe he was being tongue-in-cheek i don't know but it seemed serious He was saying Justin Fields wasn't looking at tablets enough. He wasn't talking with coaches or teammates. They just showed him on the sideline doing his breathing exercises and looking pissed as hell after getting sacked for the eighth time. And so I'm glad that ESPN showed that he was looking at tablets and studying film because I just think that was probably one of the worst conversations and worst topics to be debated in a long, long time. And that really is saying something when it comes to bears Twitter. So I'm just going to put that conversation specifically in the outhouse. Okay. So again, we are getting a little nitpicky out of this type of game, but we're, we're sticking to the format. Justin Fields fumbling four times. Goo. Goo. Now the ball bounced back their way, which is awesome, but that's not always going to be the case. I love Justin Fields, but I'm noticing a few flaws that seem to to permeate through all of his games, which is he fumbles a lot. He holds onto the ball too long. And honestly, boys, his short game, there's a couple of times where he's like a, a pass under five yards and you're like, bro, who are you throwing to? And then the next play, he throws it 20 yards down the field and it's a laser pinpoint accuracy like on the dude's like like hands exactly where it should be. And so I just, it, it just kind of boggles the mind and I'm hoping these are things he can work through, but four fumbles in one game, boys, that's, that's, we we can't have that. That's something I wrote in my notes too. He's fumbled 11 times this year and the bears have recovered 10 of those. That's not going to continue happening. That's not going to continue happening. So as much of a, like, you know, a lot of people notice it as a problem, that problem will quickly become more noticeable if it keeps happening, because that's, that's a very lucky 10 of 11 right there. One more minute thing. Did anybody else have PTSD when Eddie Jackson didn't uh, touch, (laughs) touch down the wide receiver who then rolled in and scored? I just, I just, I mean, Eddie Jackson's played really well this year, but that particular play, I was like, why would you not touch him again? Just have him be down. Hey, what if Justin Fields ends up being John Lester, where he just has this wicked fast arm, fastball, 
and then you just can't throw to first can't base, throw. aka <laughs> I, to I, the short side of the field. Still to this day is one of the most pitiful things I have like just that everyone gave John Lester a pass for that. Like obviously he was an amazing pitcher. And yeah, I'm not he turning, turning this into a baseball. I know. I'm not saying he's not amazing. 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 How can you not throw to first base it, as a pitcher? It's the weirdest Pitiful. Thing. Pitiful. <laughs> All right. Boys, I this is by far the most true false uh responses we've had from our listeners on Twitter. And they are really, really good. And unfortunately, we have so many that we we can't pick them all, which is a really, really big bummer because we we've had a couple that like we we haven't had a lot of interactions with the, these people and they've submitted them, but uh, we we as a podcast talked. These are our favorite ones that we've had, which again was was difficult to pick. We're gonna start off with the first one, and I and I don't think this will be a super long conversation. But uh, our buddy Bruja, so at seven underscore Brew, um, true or false, boys? Mac Jones's kick to Brisker's groin was intentional. For this one, let's go, Logan Jack. Oh, sorry. Let's go. Logan, Brendan, Jack, and I will finish it up. I keep putting Brendan in that third spot and I got, I'm trying to be nice to him, Jack. I know you're, you're, you're a very generous man. You're also very attractive and you have a great voice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's def. That's a very difficult question to answer because I have, I've waffled between those two. I'm just going to say false. I don't think that he did it on purpose. I think we underestimate how fast a play in the NFL is moving and don't think it was intentional. But I don't know. I'm going to say false as well. I didn't even notice that people were talking about it being purposeful uh, when it happened. I just think you'd have to be a real son of a bitch to want to do that to somebody as an adult man to another grown man in a situation like that. So I just think it was this weird bad luck or something. And you know what? Jaquan Brisker ended up getting a benched. So I think that's the best karma out there. So, but I still say false. I'm going to end up saying true, but first I just, a disclaimer. One of the most fun things about football is watching film after a game and watching players get themselves in positions and like body positions and falling down and backwards and sideways. Like it's not on purpose and we just rewind it and play it. And rewind it and play it like like maybe Brendan would just be running an outright and all of a sudden just fall down and you're like what? what like did you trip did you did was there a sniper what happened so crazy things happen for sure but there's a high slide in baseball and there's no reason for him to have high slid in that particular situation why is your foot at ball height there's just I mean have you seen a slide another slide all year long in which there is that level of height on the foot that it would be near another player's sack. There just isn't. So it's probably a long shot, <laughs> but I think it's true. I think he was going for his bait and tackle. And that's searching. That's sack searching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to say true that it was intentional to go after him, to kick him, but it wasn't intentional to necessarily go for his twig and berries. So, so I think, I mean, the way his foot rises up, it sure, it, I don't, I, I see what you guys are saying, but at the same time, it sure looks like it came up in a delayed fashion and then really, really quick, right? Like he was sliding with both legs where they are. And then all of a sudden that right leg just comes up really quick. Like, are you, are you trying to fend him off or what's going on? Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't feel good about that one at all. 
All right, boys, our own Patrick Sheldon, who couldn't be here tonight, who sent us a picture. The hole in his tire is significant, to say the least. True or false? Had the Bears committed to this offensive approach from week one, they would be first place in the North. Let's go Brendan, Jack, Logan, and I'll finish it up. I say false still. And I think the Bears did kind of have somewhat of this offensive game plan for much of the season. They just haven't like put it all together. It's been focused on the ground throughout. And we, and I say we as in us on the podcast and Bears fans were demanding the Bears to throw the ball more. I mean, we, we talked about it in the Packers game. We talked about it in the Giants game. Uh, there's so many different times that, you know, we've said, hey, open things up. Like, this is going to get better. We can't keep running the ball. And I think now we've all kind of seen the light a little bit. Like, hey, this is probably what's best. So it's kind of already been happening. So I, maybe they win in another game. Maybe things like, I'm trying to think of a game right now where things might have gone different. Um, possibly the Giants. Um, that that could have been different. But either way, I think they might have had one more win, but I don't think it would have been good enough for first place. There were still issues on defense. And, of course, you'd still have issues on the offensive line. I'm also going to say false. I just – I don't – and mainly, I don't even know if it was feasible. I mean, it's it's something to talk about hypothetically, but and the coaching staff talked about it. They they are they are a, a rookie coaching staff with a lot of young players. They're they're all new together, and they are the coaching staff is learning how to put players in positions to be successful. And so, I mean, let's just be glad that they discovered it. Let's be glad that they that they've come to this place because we've seen a lot of. Uh, an absence of that. We saw square peg round hole for way too long. And now at least we are looking at a staff that seems to be malleable, that seems to be looking at the players on the field and saying, okay, how do we approach this next game to be able to put them in a position to be successful? Sand false as well. Uh, Similar to what Brennan said, I think maybe you win another game, maybe you win the Washington game. Um, But there's still, there's still plenty of, things wrong with this team there's still plenty of deficiencies they played a fantastic game last night but i think that there are plenty of other factors that are keeping the bears out of first place other than just offensive scheme although it's it's again a good hypothetical i think logan the word that you just said that i really picked up on is deficient they are talent deficient this team doesn't have the talent um and so i i I again agree with my my counterparts here that it is false i think Maybe two games. I could maybe convince convince that you win two more games out of this, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I just don't see I it, don't, boys. I don't know. Valus Jones still fumbles twice, man. <laughs> oh God, I'm still mad about that. Thanks for making me mad again. Appreciate that. Ah, right, I got to be balanced. So uh, we we had basically two versions of this true fall. So I'm going to kind of put them both out there. Um, Jonathan A. Hand, we've we've talked about him many, many times before. Jonathan, thank you so much for your submission. Um, and Jalen Short, uh, so Jay Short at short underscore Jalen 71. Um, so Jalen puts it this way, true or false, if the Bears use this offense for the rest of the season, they will finish above 500, which Jonathan A. Hand goes a little bit different if the chicago bears win against the dallas cowboys they have a legitimate chance of being a wild card team both of these we're really talking about you know something i didn't think we would be thought i know we wouldn't be talking about last week um so boys let's stick with jonathan's version of it 
if the Bears stick to this style of offense, they win against the Dallas Cowboys, they have a legitimate chance at being a wild card team. Let's go Jack, Brendan, Logan, and I will finish it up. False because of some of the things we've already touched upon, the deficiencies in the roster. We said it right out of the gate, and I think it's going to be true. We are super hopeful, but we are also eyes wide open. And I think what we know here is that to be super hopeful as a Bears fan can be a very bad place to be in. We've learned that several times the hard way. Uh, yeah, the, the roster, the, the, there's going to be instances in which we are just straight up out rostered, and there's no way, there's and there won't be a way to overcome that. And so I think it would be, um, yeah, there's there, there's no way that we're going to continue to win games at a at a high level. I say false as well, although I did kind of have to hesitate because I'm like, well, the rest of the NFL is kind of bad this year. And that, I think, is where you could have an argument that if things, you know, now you start to build some momentum, there's a chance. But I still say false. And that's mainly because of two things. One, the schedule gets brutal later in the season. We've played a soft schedule for the most part. I know the Giants have been good. I know the Vikings have been good. But I mean, you're talking about playing the Bills, the Eagles, the Dolphins now. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen against the Cowboys? I know this is a hypothetical saying they win. And two, this style of offense, you have to limit big plays on defense to make sure that you have enough time to kind of like keep the ball and get scoring. So if teams like the Bills and the Eagles score quickly, this is going to be tough. So I say false. But yeah, it's it's kind of a fun hypothetical to think about. I was going to give the hardest false of all time before Brendan did mention that there's a lot of really bad teams in the NFL right now. It's still funny looking back on that Tom Brady comment for about two weeks ago when he said, there's a lot of bad football. And it's like, whoo, man, your team's really bad right now. And you're included in that. So um, I, I still just like with the way I am, there's no way that I can answer true with this just because I need to see the bears stack more. And I know it is a question of if they keep this game plan, I believe was a question. Sure. I, I think if the offense plays that well every single week for the rest of the season, there's probably a legit chance that they could catch the wild card or something like that. But for the time being, again, as I said with the last question, I just think there's so many other problem areas that even if the offense starts to pick it up and maybe doesn't play to the level they played yesterday, but plays better, I still think that there's a lot of meat on that bone in terms of other areas with this team being able to be a playoff team. I want to say that this team clicked and they're changing direction now, but I do worry a little bit was this an anomaly was this just kind of you always win some games you shouldn't and you'll lose some games that you shouldn't perhaps this just was a perfect storm and it just worked out that way and we're going to go back to seeing that same just craptacular football team that we've been seeing i'm going to say false on this one boys i i don't believe yet i think jack you said it right hope is a dangerous thing thank you shawshank redemption right uh and you know i i I don't see this team finishing above 500. Supposedly they have the second most difficult schedule uh, for the rest of the season. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I see an argument that could be made that they'll finish much higher than we thought. You know, they got two games against the lions, but the rest of that schedule is just brutal boys. Can I just for like 10 seconds, get on a soapbox and, I really want people to stop when schedules are uh, sent out 
early in the season, early in the off season. Then you start to look at strength of schedule. Nothing that matters the season before is going to correlate to the season that's upcoming. So whenever they say the bears have the second easiest schedule, we're going to win 10 games. That doesn't matter. And we're seeing it not matter because all the other teams have made changes. This is exactly why. So the next time I hear somebody actually say when the schedule was released that the Bears had the second most or third most easiest schedule, we've everything's going to be great. No, it's not. This is exactly why. I'm just I'm really sick of it because it happens every single year and we all see it change dramatically. So please let it stop. I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Brendan, there you go. You tell us, I do. I do think we did talk about that a little bit at the beginning of the season, maybe even the preseason pod, uh, that we were saying like, Hey, that there's always going to be one team that's going to surprise out of nowhere. At least it seems like there's three or four this year and a couple that were good that are not so good. Um, point is well made, Brendan. I hope you feel a little bit better. You triggered me. I'm sorry. (laughs) When you said the like second most difficult schedule, I'm like, Oh God. But but that but that when we're talking about a second most difficult schedule, that's not based off of last season. That's oh no, I know that's current schedule. Correct, point. and that's why yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's something you can actually like look at actual data from things that are happening now. I really like this next one, boys. Uh, this is from David Miller, who is at Miller Football underscore. True or false? Kari Blazen game was Ryan Pohl's most impactful signing this off season for this let's go brendan logan jack and i will finish it up i was debating on saying false just to you know give one other player some shine but it, it has to be true i mean i was so excited when blazing game came over because i looked at the stats and i looked at the tape when he was actually on the field with derrick henry when he was with the tennessee titans And the numbers when he was on the field versus off the field with Henry are just staggering. Derrick Henry was phenomenal when Kari Blasingame was in the game. And now you're seeing the Bears rushing offense become one of the tops in the league, not only for, you know, the running backs, but Justin Fields. Uh, He has been a sensational addition. And I hope he's on the team for a number of years because he's still young and, you know, that guy can move. He can block. He's he's. Just it's a good old fashioned football player, boys. It's a good old fashioned football player. As much as I love a good old fullback, I will say false because I think Justin Jones has been pretty productive, and I just think that that's kind of a, a an area of weakness for the Bears. I don't think the defensive line. I think going into the season, I said that the front seven was one of the areas where I was most concerned about the Bears, and I don't think it's really been that great overall. But Justin Jones, I think he batted down a pass last night. He's been He's been around. So just to the fact that he's, you know, playing more snaps than Blazing Game as, as great of a job as he's done. I'm going to go with uh, false because Justin Jones has been pretty productive. I'm going to say true. I think Jones is a great person to add to the discussion. You could maybe put Nick Morrow in there as well. He's he's second in tackles behind Roquan Smith. He has 51 tackles to uh, to 78 for Roquan Smith. But but I, I think the the blocking efficiency is undeniable and the impact that it's had on the run game is impossible to ignore. So I'm going to say true. If I'm reading this correctly, boys, and I think that I am, the Chicago bears are leading the NFL with rushing yards with 1,267 yards followed very closely by the New York giants, 1,214. I'm going to say true. 
like Brendan, you said this much earlier in the season, and I don't think I listened to it as much as I should have. The Bears are elite at running the football, and I think Blazing Game is a huge, huge, huge part of that. And so I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say true. All right, now Jack, we're going to be friends at the end of this. We're we're gonna we're gonna argue about it. We're gonna have our points made, and then we're gonna be friends at the end of it. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. You called me handsome, and so you've got some <laughs> equity built up. You said I was pretty. <laughs> Just call you... me pretty. Tell me I'm pretty and feed me tacos, Ryan. <laughs> All right. So this is Black and Gold Bulldog at Jamdog3420. Uh, true or false, the Bears wasted their first two second-round picks on Brisker and Gordon. For this one, Jack, I know you're rearing to go, so I'm going to have you go first. Then we'll go Logan, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Okay, and if I get too long, you just just cut me off. Here's the deal. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are the ship. They're steady. We are the ocean. Fans are the ocean. We're unpredictable. We're all we're all over the place. From from Ryan Poles, he said, "I am not." just building an offense i'm building an entire roster in his presser yesterday he said they are trying to sustain success over a long period of time the bears have a vision that i think is an expert vision we are accustomed to as fans looking for high profile players that seem to flash and be dynamic it's possible that pickens should have been the pick but I don't think that the Bears care too much, to be honest with you. They, they didn't have very much draft capital. They didn't have very many picks. And so they decided that they were going to try to bolster the offensive line and they were going to try to bolster the defensive backfield because those were two areas of weakness. I think in the long run, we're going to see this plan work out. In other words, if we're freaking out because of the immediacy of not having enough weapons for Justin Fields, that might be a valid point. But I don't think that when Poles and Eberflus look at the team and they're looking to, to, to draft and develop and draft and develop and they look at their long-term plan, they're going to look back and say, okay, take your seven games of George Pickens being a good wide receiver. I've got two Pro Bowl defensive backs and a left tackle who played right out of the gate. And so, again, I don't think it's a terrible argument to suggest that there should have been a wide receiver picked at that place. I think you could make a case for that. But I do think that we finally have some guys that are experts in their field that we can trust to do what they thought was right. And they saw two valuable defensive backs with no red flags. And they saw a game-changing wide receiver with too many red flags. They made a choice and they made the right choice, in my opinion. I think this is such an interesting one because it's one where you can make an argument for either sides and you could probably come away from it as someone listening to that argument and be like, yeah, they're correct. Now me personally, I am saying false because I'm checking the box score just to double check again. And uh, Brisker and Kyler Gordon both had an interception last night and they forced a turnover. Is that the end all be all one game of forcing turnover? No, but I, and I understand that, but Kyler Gordon has gotten better week over week. Jalen Johnson, I believe you could say, is getting better week over week. And we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. So if you believe that you can get and, – and again, 
if you go into the draft next year and you don't draft offensive players high, then like I, I sure I do not understand what's going on. If you don't prioritize offensive weapons in free agency, I don't understand. But for right now, I just you're you're fine with what you're doing because you're building a football team as close to from scratch as you could be. So they're producing. They're both getting better. I think it's pretty obvious that they're both going to be impact players for at least the foreseeable future. So I think you, it, it again, you can argue both sides, but I'm going to say false. I'm with you guys as well. I am saying false. And maybe I don't like how the question's worded, like wasting picks because these, both of these guys, especially Brisker, but Gordon is now really starting to come into his own. They've been impactful players and let's go back to last year we can remember how bad the secondary was, right? The safeties were getting torched. The cornerbacks outside of Jalen Johnson were getting beat almost every time. Like all of the guys had opposing quarterback ratings of well over a hundred guys to have just picking them apart one by one. And Ryan Poles comes into this off season, like Logan said, with a blank slate, a ball of clay, and he needs to mold this team the way that, it needs to be built from the ground up. There's a ton of different holes. And yeah, if the bears had like extra second round picks or an extra third round pick, absolutely getting like a dynamic receiver or an offensive tackle or somebody on offense would have been great. But you know what? I think we'd probably be saying similar things about the defense. They'd begin beat through the air. Jaquan Brisker. He's like second in the team. I think like in tackles almost every single week. And I know you don't, you can't just always look at the tackle stat, but for a, safety to play inside the box and outside of the box and have coverage skills like that. That's special. And then Kyler Gordon was always a surefire tackler. His pass coverage skills are getting a lot better and teams really aren't passing well against the bears this season. That secondary has been completely revamped. And I say, especially in this passing offense or in this passing era, you need to have great secondary players. And the bears are building that now with these two guys who are hopefully cornerstones. So not only is it not only a waste or it's not a waste, but they're good picks and they filled needs and you can't build an entire team in one off season. You just can't. Gentlemen, you guys are really, really, really smart. And I, again, I'm also getting caught up in a little bit in way that it is worded that it was a waste of two second round picks. They're good players. Uh, and and especially I, I give props to Kyler Gordon because he was not a good player the first four games. He was bad, gentlemen, like very, very bad. And he's gotten better and better and better. And it was really great. But I also do wonder, was this an anomaly? Because here's the thing. Would I rather have Alec Pierce or Pickens right now? Yes. Yes, I would. And I, and I know some people are going to say that I'm absolutely crazy for that. It's awesome that they scored, that they both got interceptions. It's really, really, really cool. But if you look back to the first six games of this season and, and can't want a, a dynamic receiver to, to be on this team that isn't Darnell Mooney. Hell, Darnell Mooney wasn't even playing really, really well at the, at the first part of this. I'm not only saying that the Bears might have won two more games or at least one more game, but that it would help Justin Fields. Maybe he's not holding on to the ball as long if you've got someone that can get quick open or that makes really good contested catches. We don't have a good contested catch guy on this team right now. And you know what? Pickens might be that guy. Now, when it's all said and done, we don't pick the team. 
the team's already picked. I don't have a say in it, but I'm just telling you guys right now, one of those guys, Brisker, I think was, was a, a pick that I absolutely love. And Kyler Gordon, I think they could have gotten a pretty good, not as good, but they could have gotten a pretty good cornerback and a much better receiver than Velas Jones. That's just how I feel about it, boys. The only other thing that I would add to, and you make great points, Ryan, and, and again, you, you could very well be right. The other thing that I think is really interesting is while the, the management has an eye on the long term, what it really impresses me is they have an eye on the short term, too. I heard uh, Fluce today talking about how he's always been a fundamentalist. He's always been around coaches that were fundamentalists. And he really highlighted the point that the heart that he said, the backbone of a team is your position coaches and the relationship that those position coaches have with their players. So I think back to my earlier point, we look at what Jones did, you know, like against Washington and we're like, oh, he sucks. He's a bust. What these guys are doing is sitting in the film room and putting their arms around these guys and seeing whatever talent was that they saw in the first place. And they are developing those guys. And there is a chance that Bayless Jones could still be a very good receiver for the Chicago Bears, just like Kyler Gordon ended up being, or may end up being a very good corner and Braxton Jones, a good left tackle. And that's what I love right now is that there is seemingly an eye on the future and an eye right now on the present in terms of fundamentals, running to the ball, less penalties, creating fumbles. I mean, to me, this, this looks like a recipe for success, sustained success long-term. So I'm willing to give him a pass on, on Pickens or any other highly athletic wide receiver. The only thing that I will say to that is your quarterback is not developing as well as he could. Now, I'm not talking about speed, but I'm talking about having a, a player that helps him through those contested catches, helps him develop confidence as a passer. And I think that they've done him a disservice by doing that. But again, it's I can't argue that these guys haven't shown flashes of being really great players. Boys, it's time to hit the things that we missed anything at all that we missed about the game, the state of the team, or anything of where we're at for this. Let's go Brendan, Jack, Logan, and I'll finish it up. I mentioned him earlier, but when Cole Komet had that sideline catch where he gets it on the back shoulder, gets both his feet in, I know they initially rushed the ball to the line because they didn't think he got it in. I am convinced 2021 Cole Komet does not make that catch because I saw a similar play on the other side of the field. I can't, I think it was the lions game, but I can't remember for sure where he just is trying to twist his body and he falls down. He can't track the ball. So maybe he's not having his best season. He's not producing as much as he did last year, but as a receiver, I saw so much progress in that one play that I did not see at all in 2021. So that was a that was an under the radar play that we haven't talked about yet. So a couple of things. On the one hand, the defense only had one sack, but on the other hand, the defense ended up having seven pass deflections. And going back to my point just a moment ago, it seems like it's kind of a little thing really like maybe like maybe i'm being too microscopic but the fact that they're coaching guys to have an internal clock that says to them if i'm not going to get to the quarterback then the last thing i'm going to do is put my hands up in the air and try to get into a passing lane 
that is game changing over the long term, right? Like that truly is, there's no such thing as a fine detail. These fine details are starting to show up with the bears. And, and I really, I really do love it. I thought, I thought that was a, a great part. Also two for four in the red zone. We talked, you know, talked about third down conversions. I'll take two for four in the red zone too. Pretty darn good. My last note, and it's a weird thing to say out loud, but I want Justin Fields to throw the ball away more. And, and like, it's, it's just a thing that over and over and over again, I found myself last night being like, throw it away, throw it away, throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. And most of the time last night, I think he got away with it, but most of the time you're not going to end up getting away with it. And I, I understand it's because he's such a dynamic playmaker that he can most of the time, if it's like a third and eight situation and it looks like the play is dead and he should throw it away. There's there Justin Fields more times than many other NFL QBs is going to be able to get a first down with his legs, but there are just some situations where just throw it, throw it away and live to see another day because moving forward, there's going to be plenty of times where he takes a sack on a, in a key situation and you're just, it, it just drives me insane. So it's weird to say, throw the ball away more, but it's just one of those key things that I just would love to see him do more because not only could it save the bears and, you know, keep us in field goal position maybe, but it also will keep him healthier. And and so he doesn't have to run and, and get crushed all the time. Boys, can we just take a moment and appreciate Cairo Santos? Oh God. Yes. He is. Cryo awesome. Santos ice in his veins. Oh, He's, like dude, it, it, we, this is, this is the best kicker we've had since Robbie gold. And I don't think it's even debatable. Is it? Santos is a system kicker. <laughs> Shells might say Jay Feely. <laughs> uh, I mean, when he hit that 50 yarder in those conditions at, I, I, dude, he's, he's incredible. And I just, I am so thankful that we have Cairo Santos on this team. All right, boys, Jack, what do you got for us this week? Guys, if mandatory alcohol could be added to a sport to make it hilarious and fun. What sport would you require mandatory alcohol be a part of the sport? I'm going to go with Logan, then Ryan, then Brendan, and I'll anchor it. This is absolutely the first thing that popped in my mind. And I actually think there probably are some underground circuits of this, but if you included alcohol in boxing, it would it would just make for a fantastic product because because you would have people swinging as hard as they possibly could and missing or swinging as hard as they possibly could and connecting True. and maybe you make the ring a little bit bigger just so they can stumble around a little bit more have a little bit more space but if you added alcohol into boxing that's that's something i'd 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 pay for that I hate golf. I'm just going to be the guy that says it. I know I know that's offensive to Ooh. just so many different people and Logan especially, but I just I just don't it just it does nothing for me. And I just think like normal people drinking and playing golf means that there's going to be a lot of like just it's just going to be bad. But I think about like some of those elite golfers and then making them drink and then like can you still hit it, dude? Like it, you we'd probably be amazed at how good they still are oh my god they john daly's a thing guys yeah that's true that's a good point john daly literally did this maybe give him carts as well (laughs) yes (laughs) give him carts
I was thinking about this. Logan, your boxing pick, that's so good. And I wish I thought of that. But my head went straight to basketball because I think it would be very entertaining. First of all, a basketball court's pretty small. You got 10 guys on there. They're usually pretty big. And I mean, think about just like trying to run back and forth. The amount of times you're falling into guys, you can barely dribble a ball. There's probably going to be a ton of air balls happening because guys are just blitzed out of their mind. I think me and my friends one time played a drunk basketball game. It didn't go well. <laughs> it was really just nobody could like find their their balance or anything like that. Uh, I think I just stood under the hoop and just tried to, you know, throw it up there as many times as I could. But uh, depending on how much alcohol you have, I think that could be very fun. And you'll probably get a souvenir, too, if you're in the stands, because God knows you're going to see a ton of basketballs flying up over there. So good thing for the fans. Brendan, the game that you referenced, we were talking to Cam Ellis about throwing the ball into the the streetlights and trying to catch it, the a la Darnell Mooney. I want to see that after you've been drinking. I could probably still do that. <laughs> you would wear that football. You would be, your face would be bloodied and bruised. Wait, can I, all right, I want to tell a story because I, uh, I did, I played flag football for a number of years. I think I'm semi-retired now, but we'll see. Um, there was one game where I was coming back from, uh, my girlfriend at, at the time, now my wife's homecoming, and I was still very much drunk, but I was determined to make it back to play that football game. And I, I played the entire game. Uh, my friend said I was green in the face. I caught like at least, and I do know this, I have confirmation. I caught at least three passes. One of which was like a 25 yard a deep post, like jumping in front of a defender. And that was pretty much the only good play I had. Cause they said like your spirit was willing, but you just could not move. <laughs> and you were so slow, <laughs> but I was, and I basically just had to force myself to not puke like after every series. So I did do it once I played. Okay. It can be done. My friends. I picture you looking like that scene from always sunny. The gang is invincible when Dennis runs that route and he's in slow motion. He's like, I look like a gazelle right now. Pretty and then much. It, the ball comes out and it just slams him in the head. That's that was, that was Brendan. <laughs> if you do like, how did you like keg stands and shots and play table tennis? Uh, like, <laughs> AKA ping pong. I mean, cause if you think about it, like, Guys would just be like selling out, you know, on certain shots. You had like the the, the edges of the table, you know, and just I just the whiffs that would happen. Um, I, I think that it was it would be pretty fun and funny to watch because it's such a tight quartered game, you know. It's really <laughs> really small, so I had mandatory alcohol and ping pong. Boys, it's time to get out of here. Uh, fun episode, Sheldon. We miss you, dude. Uh, and it would have been really fun to have the boys back together. But I will say this one more time. Logan, I missed you, oh, dude, and it is guys. so good to see you and have you on the pod, buddy. It's been it's amazing to be here. For shout outs this week, let's go Jack, Logan, Brendan, and I will finish it up. I'm gonna get a shout out to Liebs. Uh he's at Liebs93. Liebs is a Bears fan, plain and simple. And he and I were involved in uh, back and forth off of a you know a tweet that I had about Pickens and, and the draft, and I'm determined. And you guys are going to probably laugh at me and think I'm naive, but I am determined not to let the toxic nature of Twitter take me over. So when someone tries to troll me or someone just like writes something that's like super dickheaded, 
I try to diffuse it and make it into a conversation. And so far I've been rel like relatively successful and I'm going to keep at it. And I know you guys are going to say that that might not like last very long because there are some real Richards out there, but I'm going to do the best I can in the meantime. Shout out to the 9-0 Sycamore Spartans who are headed to the playoffs. They play Saturday night at 7 uh, and at Psycho. Uh, they've got a really nice bracket. I think they have a good chance, uh, hopefully, to play pretty far. So good luck to the, the Spartans and to, to my two boys, Connor and Jack. You do an incredible job of staying even keel on, on Twitter, Jack. Like it's just seeing it from afar. It is pretty impressive. So um, I, my first shout out is a very basic one. It's basically what we were just saying, just to you guys for, for being here and being on this. It's been too long. I'm hoping to be able to join more in the next couple of weeks as I don't have quite as much work for a little period of time, but just love you guys. And it's fun to be on here with you guys. Uh, second one goes to, and I think I've shouted him out before in the past, but my buddy Alex Moss at Mossy416 on Twitter said he listened to the pregame pod, gave me some some nice, nice reviews of that. So I just always appreciate him. And he's he's a consistent listener of, of the podcast. And uh, we, we love you, Alex, and I love you. Uh, my one shout out on Twitter, guys, I can't believe we haven't talked about him yet. It's Packers Bob. Packers Bob has nice. gone through it this weekend, <laughs> and it is just the funniest thing to see. He was confident that the Packers would beat the Commanders. Didn't happen. He was confident the Patriots would beat the Bears. Didn't happen. So, pair of losses for our guy, Bob. But I, I, in all seriousness, I love Bob. I think he's hilarious. I love how he's just, you know, this Packers punching bag now. So, it's just so funny. And you know what? I've talked a lot of Bears this week, but I'm going to keep it on the Packers. Uh, I'm going to shout out Tom Grassi. Uh, if you haven't watched Tom Grassi's videos, they're some of the funniest videos out there. He's this Packers fan, but he does videos for all NFL teams. And as I was driving back from Indiana, I was, uh, you know, I don't have satellite radio, but I was like kind of, you know, getting all the games uh, updates and I saw the Packers were losing. So I just decided to put his YouTube stream uh, like listening to it on my car to hear him melt down about the Packers. And it was so enjoyable, but he is really funny to follow. So check out his YouTube videos and uh, his videos on Twitter. And then just quickly shout out to uh, my family, my siblings, my brother, sister, Ian and Christina um, visited them uh, for my sister's homecoming uh, at ball State. got to see some action and shout out to my dad. Today's his birthday. And then finally, shout out to my buddy, Brad. Uh, none of these people are on Twitter, but uh, shout out to my buddy, Brad, for uh, he's been my best friend for many, many years. We've watched countless Bears games together, and this was the first one we were able to watch this year together um, as, you know, he's busy. He's got a daughter now, um, and there's nobody in the world that I want to watch a game with more than him. We just go nuts. Uh, love hearing his analysis. So shout out to him. Glad we were able to watch a victory together. Ivory Peebler on Instagram. Uh, folks, we have an Instagram. We have a Facebook. Ivory uh, said some really nice stuff about our podcast, and we were going back and forth after the Bears dub last night. So, Ivory, thank you so much to you. 
Uh, Mike Curley, not on Twitter, just a friend that uh, Jack and I work with and didn't know this, that he's a diehard Bears fan. And so got to give him a shout out for this one. And the last one, the uh, the only other 9-0 football team, not to you know, steal it from Jack in any way, shape or form, but um, our buddy Mike Fitzgerald uh, has the first undefeated season in York football's high school history which they like i think it's the school opened in 1902 i could be wrong about that but it's it's over 100 years the school has never had it before ever um and you know there were some conversations about hey you can't win at york no one can win at york and he's got his team primed uh could be really really interesting because our friend sean drendel um, and Mike Fitzgerald, if they both win their first round games, will be playing against each other, Naperville North versus York High School. Man, that is a game that I will not miss at all. Folks, we just want to say thank you so very much for listening to the Bear Down Chicago podcast. We know there's a lot of Bears podcasts out there. There's a lot of ways to get Bears information, and you've chosen to hang out with us. And so we just can't say thank you enough. For Brennan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and even Patrick Sheldon, I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so much. And as always, Bear Down Chicago.